Welcome to Discover Indie Film. This is a really exciting podcast, and I'm going to be challenged to manage a bunch of people at once because I have the team who made the amazing short film, Good Counsel. Uh, we're all on Zoom together. Hey, everyone, you want to just say hey? Hi. Hi. How you doing, Mark? It's great to be here. Yes, that is a great joke. That was... <laughs> I, will, I will share the people whose faces I am looking at, even though everyone's just hearing. Actress and producer Chandra Bond is is on my screen. Award-winning actress, I'll just say Janelle Jones is here. Uh, the film Good Counsel won Best Actress in a Supporting Role for Janelle Jones for this film, which uh, was so well-deserved. But honestly, I think I think this was before we had a whole cast award, and I think I think Good Counsel would have probably gotten that award if we'd created it by then. We've we've gotten more sophisticated with our awards. And and writer Aaron Bennett is here. Hey, you three. Hey. And and uh, director David Levine might hop in since Zoom. That's how Zoom is. He'll just walk into the virtual room if and when the time is right. Just kick open the door like Kramer. That would be such a great Zoom animation, right? <laughs> Jerry. But uh, so I'll just add that good counsel. I'm saying what a what a great film it is. And but I'll tell you how much I love it when we get to it. But just such a great, great film that that uh, it's interesting because you just submitted it as drama. But I mean, it's such a thriller, right? It's it's just a thrilling, just engaging film from start to finish. So anyhow, people who want to see it can go to Amazon Prime Video right now and search for Discover Indie Film. And it is in season seven, episode one. First episode launches the whole thing. You may not know this, but your lead-in is a music video full of singing and dancing squirrels that are real squirrels that the filmmaker filmed squirrels and then animated them. Just crazy, fun music video. And then the Wapidemic, which is about the song WAP and how it affects our society. It's a fun mockumentary. And then Good Counsel, which is just hits with just such such great cinema for a short film it just to me feels like cinema oh thank you and now i should just hand it off who of the three of you wants to share uh not just how good counsel happened but how you got involved in in entertainment in producing and acting it's everyone has their own path into into the crazy uh business of show i'll jump off all right, uh, Chandra Bond, who, by the way, I always, every time I see your name, I think, damn, that's a good name. Thank you. <laughs> I'm quite fond of it myself. Um, so I actually, when I was younger, I was deathly afraid of auditioning. I would get choked up. I would, nothing would come out. I would leave auditions before I could even get in the room. Uh, it took a long time for me to get over that, but I always wanted to be in acting and be in musical theater. And so eventually I, I just started forcing myself to audition and started doing musical theater. And then I went to a film school and started doing theater there as well as um, participating and acting in films for the film school. And I realized at some point in that, that that's what I wanted to do. So I you know wanted to move to LA and pursue that. And getting into producing, I've always been really good at organizing and managing things. So I do like that side of it. But actually putting it into motion didn't happen until I was at an acting studio out here in L.A. And a group of 
friends from our acting class wanted to put on a series of short plays. And so that kind of kicked it off. And from there, it's just been a mix of producing theater and short films um, up until now. And where'd you grow up? I grew up in Scottsdale, Arizona. Oh, so not too far from L.A. Not too far. um, Definitely made those drives to L.A. for auditions. Um, Sometimes just literally drive, audition for 15 minutes, and then drive back without even staying. So there is some of those, (laughs) which were definitely interesting. Um, But, you know, not a huge market out there. It's grown since then. And hopefully with the tax incentive that was just passed out there, that'll help the market out there as well. But um, I just always wanted to move to LA, be in the bigger market, work for, for things. And when you first went, you said you went to film school, I guess Mm -hmm. undergraduate film school. Yes. What did you enter just for the filmmaking side or did you, were you thinking acting the whole time? Um, it was more the filmmaking side. It was kind of three quarters of the way through that degree process where I realized I love this, but my, my main focus, my main heart is with acting. So I switched to the theater program. So I never finished film school. Fun fact. <laughs> but um, I am finishing my BA in film and media studies right now through ASU online. So at least there's kind of a tie in with that. Um, I figured that would be a good way to kind of build up the background a little bit more before I start a production company in the future. So, yeah. Yeah. If, and when Aaron joins us, it'll be fun to ask him what it's like if he appreciates actors who, who have studied filmmaking, (laughs) you know, on all sides of the camera. Yeah. It's definitely helped me, um, being on set for sure. I, I constantly hear when I'm on set, whether it's background or other actors just complaining about what is this or what's taking so long. And so having that knowledge puts me a lot more at ease because I, I know a lot more about what's going on. And then especially producing and knowing more on the side of why things get decided the way that they do and why certain things can't happen certain ways. It's just, it's all such a big collaboration. Um, It just helps knowing that I'm just one cog in the wheel. For sure. And I think anyone who's been involved in indie film knows that that to get from idea to screen, there's got to be someone who actually makes it happen. And, and if a, if it's in an actor's studio and a bunch of people have an idea, if no one steps up and just says, fine, I'll, I'll take the wheel of the bus and move it forward, then then it's an idea that doesn't happen. Yeah, I was actually in my class one time and there's a book called Humans of New York, which are real life stories that people have gone through. It's a great book. And a lot of actors in our class were using it as monologue material. And there was at least seven or eight people using this material in the class at once, this random like two to three week stretch. And our coach, they were all killing it. They were doing such a good job. And our acting teacher, he suggested doing a a monologue night with them. And I could feel everybody in class just turn and look at me. And I was like, how many people actually want to do this? And everybody raised their hand. I was like, 
all right, I guess we're going to do a show. (laughs) So we got all of the monologues together and actually created an original show around the monologues to help tie it in. So it's not just monologue with the light and monologue with the light. And it ended up being a really fun collaborative process and um, a lot of work, but it was definitely that kind of, if no one else had stepped up, I don't think it actually would have happened. For sure. For sure. Well, I guess this is a good time. Should we jump over to Janelle? Yeah, hi. You know, I've known Chandra for probably a decade now, and I was part of the same studio and not part of that monologue series, um, which I had been. Um, And I think that we ended up in kind of the same situation that a lot of actors in L.A. find themselves in, which is, wow, I would love to be working on something. And I may even know that I'm not ready for the lead role in the next Oscar winning, whatever. But I knew I needed to be working on something that would be filmed and produced and we could cut our teeth on. And, um, and I knew we had the talent between the two of us to be able to turn in some sort of, some kind of something worth delivering. And so Chandra's just not just a great friend. She's a great collaborator and clearly the person to turn to when you want something accomplished. And uh, so we sat down together and said, Hey, let's try to put something on the books. Um, what was great about this was that the stars did seem to kind of align. We picked a weekend. We picked um basically a timeline and worked back from the timeline and from that we were able to um well i should say we chandra was able to pull all the pieces together she wrangled getting in touch with aaron to be able to get a script which of course we loved and uh, put all the pieces in place um so that's that's how I arrived at this project was really just knowing that I wanted to do something, not knowing exactly what it would be, but trusting that working with Chandra would be worthwhile. And briefly you want to say like where you grew up and what first got you interested in acting? Yeah, I don't have the story of driving as a kid to LA for auditions. I actually grew up overseas. Um, my parents were educators on a mission compound in Asia, in the Philippines. And um, so I did not spend my childhood in the States, came back in my teens, um, and then was involved in other types of education and whatnot. Um, I've I've tried to keep a little passion for performing arts alive here and there. Um, but it wasn't until probably 10 years ago that I was able to start really coming to LA and taking classes and collaborating with people and hanging out with Chandra. (laughs) Sure. Well, thank goodness you got the time for it because such a, such a great performance in this. Thank you for that. And thanks for the acknowledgement. And I guess now we can shift over to Aaron. So, so Chandra, did you, so you decided to make a film and then sought out Aaron's script or had you known of it previously or talked about these ideas? So Janelle and I were actually trying to do a theater show originally um, because we had met in class and we worked on a scene together and we loved the play. We were trying to put that up first, but things just weren't aligning with that, with producers and timing and everything. And I don't really remember how we arrived at why don't we do a short film, but we got to that point. And so we started 
looking at scripts. And I am very blessed to know a lot of filmmakers and D filmmakers out here in California that were also from Arizona. And Aaron and I had worked on a movie uh, called One Remains. It's a feature that um, my husband also worked on and a group of our friends worked on together. And um, that was in 2017. And so when we were trying to do a script and look for material, we had one piece that we thought we were going to go with and it just ended up being too expensive. There was a cop car involved and um, for, you know, indie filmmakers on a tight budget, we were looking at this just thinking, okay, well, if we want to pay people as well, um, this just isn't going to work. And I was hanging out with Aaron and another friend one night and was kind of talking about projects and indie films. And he was asking, well, what are you looking for? So I told him, really, it's just we have these three actors, myself, Janelle and Matt, who want to do this project, but we don't have a script right now. And he asked about their age ranges and a little bit about them. And then he said, I'll see what I can do. And I think it was maybe two weeks later, he sent us this short film script called Good Counsel. And I read it and I loved it. So I sent it to Janelle and she loved it. So we told Aaron, well, we love this. We want to do this. And that was that. Aaron, that's a pretty good reaction, huh? To They're not even asking for a rewrite? No, no. Honestly, it was writer's dream come true. And, and I didn't have... I didn't fully appreciate at the moment uh, what a blessing that was because I was kind of at the beginning of my screenwriting career. Uh, sketch writing, um, it just is what it is. I started out in comedy uh, back in 99, writing on a public access cable show, uh, trying to be Saturday Night Live. And so I was just used to submitting a sketch. The barometer was, did everybody lie or, or laugh? Sorry, lie, I guess, actors, you know. Um, but did everybody laugh? Then if they did, that was it. You just moved it on. If there was punch up, it was collaborative between takes and you just made it as good as you could. Took the last take the, uh, this, I just, I kind of lightning in a bottle with, with this one. I, I did five or six passes. Um, initially, uh, Janelle was, was not the, uh, she was one of the, the husband wife, um, and it was going to be a, uh, no, I'm sorry. The very first pass, it was mother and daughter having counseling. And it was very kind of obvious. I was just like, everyone's going to kind of have a, a hint at this, uh, just having this masculine presence. It, it seems odd to me. I, I played around with it as much as I could. I'm, I just, and I didn't know any of the, the actors besides Chandra. And so I didn't know their look, the capacity and temperament and whatnot, if this would be, I mean, all actors should be able to fit like water in a glass, but I was just like, I wanted to try and make something more direct. And I thought what would be most intriguing is what if, you know, that, that big, what if, like, what if I shift this around a little bit and, and try and get it as far away from predictable as possible. And I thought, are we doing we're doing spoilers are we yeah this is this is that's a personal choice uh i don't know how how you three can vote on it you know when you can do spoilers or we can just refer 
to a major twist. There's a major twist. <laughs> There's a major I twist. Use the, I use the word thriller. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's pretty I'm, hard for your heart not to pound. Um, yeah. I'm personally okay with the spoilers since it's been out for so long and has been available. Um, right. But it's up to you guys. And I swear, well, even if someone knows, like this film is good on repeat viewing. So, right? All right. So, so that's proof you can't spoil it. All right. I'm torn. Uh, Janelle, what's your vote? <laughs> I'm whatever. I, I, I'm, I'm comfortable. As Chandra said, it's been out for a while. You want me to spoil it? I can spoil it with a fun story from this morning. I said to my wife, she said, she asked me who the podcast is today. And I said, remember that film about the couple that goes in for counseling? And then the counselor... God, I, I can't make myself do it. <laughs> then the counselor murders someone right in front of us. I didn't give away who gets murdered. Maybe that helps. That and, definitely uh, does help. And she looked at me and said, oh, that film was so good. And she hasn't seen it for two years. And she still remembers. She said, I remember everything about that one. It was so good. So oh, That's so sweet. Her. Yeah. Tell her the checks in the mail. You That's made good work <laughs> that lodges in the human mind, right? So Thank you. Yeah. Speaking of lodging in the human mind, our director is going to pop in in like five minutes-ish. Perfect. Perfect. I can, I can make, I can make that work. No, no, Aaron, <laughs> take your time. David can wait. <laughs> no, so Aaron, no. were you thinking of a murder as, as your twist from in every version, even when it was a mother daughter and stuff? So full disclosure, how small the filmmaking community is. We were, uh, I was roommates currently at the time I just moved to Los Angeles. I was currently roommates with, uh, the previous screenwriter, and we were good friends and uh uh he his was so ambitious he's he's a director as well and so he he writes visually i don't i i write i write cheap i write like a producer (laughs) 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 one of the early questions i asked i was just like oh we're doing this and and i was like okay well this is going to be our grip truck i uh this is this is more full disclosure i gripped it I was a key grip on it. I, um, I oh, built more the, than that. Set, you built set walls. Yes, <laughs> amazing the, set walls. We built, built the, the hallway. Yeah, and that was uh, all, Aaron. Yeah, that hallway you'll see in the back. Hopefully, you don't even notice. I matched the crown molding below. Um, my dad was a finished carpenter, general contractor, so I grew up doing that stuff. We matched the paint. Uh, because there's a kitchen, there's like a whole big, beautiful kitchen behind that wall. <laughs> and we were like, we're going to stare right at it. And there's way too much light. There are way too many elements. And I'm like, do you want me to build a couple flats? We'll stand it up. How much height do you need? How much headroom? And he's like, all you can give me. So I went all the way to the ceiling, never built flats before, but I'm hard going to be. <laughs> so I had yeah. all my tools. They looked so good. We had crew that would forget they were real, that they weren't real and they'd try to lean on it and we'd have to ask them not to. Yeah. I was throwing, you know, uh, I don't know if I can say the the term on a grip truck is ball, the 30 pound sandbag ball busters. I was throwing as many sandbags against it as I could because people kept going and kind of leaning on it when they were looking at monitor, which was right around the corner. We're all huddled over monitor and someone's like leaning their back against it and the whole wall's like (laughs) grabbing their shirt, pulling them back towards the monitor. Uh, yeah, the, and I built the big crate that you'll see, uh, that people will see when they watch this, uh, and she's using my drill. Like, so I, I, I made part of my side gig when I was in Washington state before I came down to Los Angeles. I feel like I'm an auctioneer cause I'm trying to get a ton of information. Uh, the, 
I would do side gigs in construction. And so I had all of the tools and everything to do this, you know, the skill saws and, and uh, table saw and everything else. And so it was fun. It's fun for me. And so one thing just led to another and we're building this crazy big thing and it worked out so well. And our direct photography, he, he had all the room in the world. He could basically shoot 360 in that room, but we didn't have to pick up and do anything else anywhere else. We even got rain on the day in Los Angeles. How incredibly lucky was that? Cause it set the mood perfectly, I think. And, and David can probably come in and, and, and throw his two cents in. But I mean, you didn't have to aim a garden hose up. We got that overcast. We didn't have to fly any diffusion. It was, it was just a beautiful, uh, a, just a blessing. Absolutely. And, uh, so other than start in the street and move to the front door, we were able to live 360. There's there. Uh, we're able to leave and shoot 360 in that one room. And I think it kept production costs low. Uh, that's my mindset now, like Chandra, uh, basically been doing a lot of production lately. Uh, also have a three ton grip truck and a camera package. And so I run around town, uh, running that out, you know, when you can't get on set, you figure out another way to get on set. So it's just that perpetual indie film hustle and bustle, basically, uh, going back to the script. I was, it was a, it was a fun challenge knowing just how many actors you had. I spent 10 years doing improv. And so I was just like, well, if I move the pieces around, and then I start a dramatic, passionate conversation, very sad, very, you know, just a downer, just that stage uh, in relationships where you're on that pivot point. Is this going to work out? Do both sides want it to work out? I've been in two of those relationships that ended needing counseling and, and then didn't work out. So it was easily inspired. Not to say that I wanted my counseling sessions to end, the, you know, the way that this script goes, but. I, I talked with the lead actor and, and I was just like, just so you know where my head was at when I, when I wrote this. And I think David was there for this conversation as well. Uh, I did not find marriage counseling. I, I found it as, as kind of a formality both times at two previous marriages. And it was one of those things that I think people just sometimes wanted to be able to tell the outlying couples and mutual friends and stuff that you did, it just didn't work out. And so that was bouncing around in my head because I thought, well, two of these characters are so appropriate age wise. And there's a very unassuming, you know, woman that's only like 10 years older would make a, you know, a fabulous uh, counselor. And I thought, you know, I did still didn't have like headshots or, or countenance, but I I just so badly wanted to make everyone feel like this was going to be a drama. And I leaned on it so hard and I, someone called me on it and said, you know, it just really seems a little much, you know, it's a little tropey and it's just a little hammy and ham fisted. And I was just like, well, you know, keep reading. <laughs> and then they're just like, they flip the page and they're like, is this part of another script? This is, I mean, the names are the same, but like, this is an entirely different. And I was like, yes. <laughs> I just wanted to shock. I'd never written a thriller before. It's only ever been comedy. I, uh, and at that time, I was only working on a feature, my, my first feature script about stand-up comics from when I used to own a comedy club. Like, my whole life's been comedy since I was eight years old. That was my drive. And I, I'd never written anything like this, never written anything violent. And maybe that's what living with my roommate was like, because his stuff always has action, action and violence elements and 
murder and mayhem and everything else. And and he showed me his draft and I was just like, wow, I don't see how this is achievable on, on a budget with all of the picture vehicles and everything else. Uh, but can I, can I pull this off in a tiny space with just three actors? Like, is this realistic to do? And I think Chandra did a great job. She, she like balanced a lot. The actors came in and really brought it. And David was honed in. He, he picked my brain and made me think about things almost like a counselor, like a therapist. Like he was asking me these deep questions about what this meant to me and what was I thinking. And I'm just like, do that to the actors, man. Like, get, get out of my head. I don't want this weight. This is heavy. <laughs> you don't get to know me, man. Um, and, but it was so great because in retrospect, and, and I don't know, David, if this is what you were thinking of doing with that information, but in retrospect, he capitalized on all of where my head was at. And then he took whatever his own inspirations and, and deciphering were from that script and, and went somewhere that I was just sitting there staring at the monitor going, okay, well, I'd never, I never thought of that. And normally don't put your writers on a set. That is, I've, I've seen writers come to set for the visit and then like the producers are immediately like, directors shaking their head at them because they're over the monitor and they're trying to talk and like they're just and then the writer is leaving shortly thereafter no one wants the writer on set it is super distracting they always want to weigh in it was probably a really bad idea because i'm over here shoulder to shoulder with dave going this is really good <laughs> and he's like yeah i'm right here i know like i'm making this I, I, I am literally looking at the same thing you're looking at. And you know what? I get to talk to him too. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. Uh, super distracting to have a writer on set. Uh, I don't recommend it, even if it's me, right? Because I had strong feelings and, and I was like, well, that's not exactly what I meant. But after it's done and it's written and it's in director's hands, what I didn't know being an amateur you know, screenwriter, I did not understand how collaborative the medium is. And that once it leaves your hands and goes to someone else's hands, they're an artist, an individual with their own, you know, point of view and, and feelings on every matter. They're going to take it. They're going to hand it to someone else. And it turns into this giant game of telephone. And at the very end of it, is it anything like what did you, did I make a good roadmap? Was it close to what I wanted? And yeah, it, it really was. It was, it was more than, than I ever expected it to be. Um, the actor's, I mean, Janelle, especially, uh, the DP, the, uh, Chandra's husband, my very close and best friend, uh, Chris, uh, turned away during a take because it was just a lot to, to see Chandra in that state. And, and we kind of realized we were doing something really special. And, and, and frankly, Chris, the DP, he turned around and looked at me after one of Janelle's takes and just like kind of gave me the slow nod, like, bro, bro, like <laughs> we, this is, yeah, this, uh-huh, this is something we've got something. And I don't know David's reactions. He's very, he's great. He's got, I never playing poker with you, David. I, I, I bleed from my eyes when I play poker, like, Oh, well, clear, clearly Aaron's got a good hand and you know, uh, and everybody folds and I'm like, Oh, but David, I think he could, yeah, he, I didn't know what he was thinking. And it was, uh, he plays his, keeps his cards so close to his chest, killing that analogy. But uh, he's, 
it was just really so good seeing someone that was involved in nuance, like, you know, the, the moving of the hand. Now I need a little slower, but I need a little to the right. And I need a little, and he was just so specific about the, the vision that he had in his mind. I'm over there, an amateur on set for probably maybe the ninth time, eighth time I've been on a, on a shoot. And I'm just like, come on, man, let's go. <laughs> and it was just, it was just so, uh, so different. And, uh, as a writer, very thrilling. Uh, and I'm super blessed and very thankful. Everyone just really brought their a game and, uh, yeah. So that's me. I'm really sorry. I've sucked all the air out of, uh, North Hollywood. No, no not at, at all. all. That, that was excellent. As a writer I'm, does. And <laughs> obviously yeah, as a writer jump does, in with, yeah. uh, director david levine hopped on a zoom while you were talking so actually you just covered for that we'll just pretend he walked <laughs> into the room but he told me i needed to buy five minutes and i was like is that one five or five oh yeah he held up five <laughs> fingers and you, you you were on it but for shits and giggles everyone listening actually gets to hear this okay everybody smile i'm gonna do a screen grab of you all and uh and then, uh, you know, if you want to do a director's face or a chin to the hand, whatever, a second oh, one, just for, oh, shoot. All right. There we go. Hold All on. Right. Good enough. I got pictures of this moment <laughs> for, for, the, for the Discovery Indie Film website. All right. Well, right, I can't help myself. Uh, I'm going to make a comment about something Aaron shared, which is, I say it too often, but Aaron, you just backed up the theory that when comedy people do something dramatic or thrilling, they bring a fresh perspective to it. And when drama people try to be funny, it's not. So, you know, my apologies to the dramatists out there, but yet again, uh, a comedy writer and comedy person proves that they can jump right into drama or thriller and just kick ass with it. So comedians are so good at uh, nuance and timing that it translates so well to almost any genre. For sure. Well, okay. Well, David, you want to share how you came in on it? Yeah, no, um, apologies for uh, being late and all that, but I'm glad to be here and thanks for the opportunity. Uh, uh, so, I mean, I guess just to piggyback off of what Aaron was saying, I mean, when I came on board, pretty much it was all casted, uh, written, uh, and so it was mainly just me, oddly enough, playing catch-up as a director and really also... I knew my job at that point was just creating a cohesive um, idea and perspective of what we're going to create with us. And I know that um, all the talent involved uh, really like, that's what was amazing about it. Being able to come on board is that you had a lot of very strong talent, but at the same time that they all knew that it was a very collaborative effort. Uh, and so it was an exploration for all of us, which is what I really love and enjoy as a director is that exploration and creating something. Um, and so to Aaron's credit, like, yeah, I've absolutely grilled him on everything, like the, even the motivation behind the script. I really wanted to kind of get down to kind of nitty gritty of like, yeah, what what's the purpose of this line? Where did this come from? Where is this like, it's like, I want to understand like as much of, the characters that he was trying to create. So then I can then collaborate with like the other, like with both Chandra and Janelle and Matt and, um, and then hone that character in uh, from its initial, uh, its initial upbringing. Uh, and I think uh, Aaron kind of really hit it on the head when it came to um, uh, 
Yeah, when you first read the scripts, you aren't sure where it's going. Uh, and then you get to that one page where, like, she plunges him to death, uh, and uh, or her to death, I mean. Um, and at that point, it's like, okay, I have to, like, I even flip back a page and then kept reading. It's like, okay, this is an interesting tonal shift. Uh, and I think that's what mainly drew me to the script more than anything was the fact that you had such uh, unique um, and large arcs in such a short period of time between three very different characters. Uh, and so for me, that was like the biggest challenge and I, I loved every second of it. So uh, yeah, like, and then to be paired with talent such um as like all the actors because i knew it was there mainly for them more than anything so i wanted to make sure that like we created something that did did justice for uh the actors involved uh and more than anything i wish a lot of people could really see um one the efforts that were made in the pre-production process um of discovery uh especially with how much limited time we had where just like table read. I got pretty much like an hour with each actor as far as like just discovering on a one-on-one -on -one basis. Uh, and then right into like a blocking slash like scenic design because our initial scene had like our set had like completely flooded out. So, um, and so here we are like the day prior to shooting, uh, getting the nuance and the blocking because blocking is so critical with it as well. Uh, and so that just, especially with how many like reveals there are. Uh, and so it's, yes, I think it, it just kind of transitioned seamlessly to the point where like once we wrapped that, it was like, and Chandra can attest being from the producing end and managing the post side. Like I had, was so fulfilled, uh, once we wrapped on the production side that it almost felt like just done. Uh, and like, and then we get to the edit and it's like, oh yeah, it's this piece. Oh yeah. Now we have to work out like the timing and like the beats and all this stuff that we had, um, that we, I had shot for. Uh, and I think it's difficult as a director, especially for me, um, kind of like just ADD that we're like having to then sit down, which with something that's kind of already cut in my own head, uh, and kind of recut it with an editor and working with the editor and the sound designer. And discovering the beats that they've noticed that they brought to the table as well. So that was always a really cool experience. Sorry. Uh, I'm going to kind of like at any point, by all means, just kind of cut me off for any like follow up questions and all that. I can get into talking and I just keep going. Uh, and oddly enough, uh, I mean, I'm also a writer too. So, but as we do. <laughs> for sure. Well, it's really clear. I mean, it's so obvious now getting to see the four of you share a screen on my computer and and talk about this film is that and then yeah chandra the 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 cinematography is fantastic mm -hmm. and really I, I think i think we i learned tried, two years ago that it was your husband but i forgot <laughs> we tried to get him to come on but he doesn't like doing interviews and that kind of stuff he is a behind the camera person um but not being biased but he is he is great I mean, I was just trying to get to the the point where I could say that, you know, this is almost the most wonderful scenario of a indie film, which is a couple of talented actors know they're talented and want 
the opportunity to to take advantage of that and then they find they happen to know a, a writer who can also help build sets and then uh they pull in a director who's written to and everyone's collaborating it just it's you can't make something that looks this cinematic and this professional you know it's funny one of my compliments on the film i was thinking about it and i was thinking i bet a lot of people have said to you have have you wanted to stretch stretch it to a, a feature mm-hmm. of sorts and i also think that your film proves that most of the thrillers that kind of peter out that hollywood puts out should just be shrunk down to 10 minutes and just give us the right. exciting part right. i think that like shorts that's what i love about shorts i mean it's they're so challenging being able to create like an arc as well as like uh, a poignant like uh, statements, whatever that may be, uh, for something for the audience to kind of digest, um, is very tricky. Uh, and when you, especially, uh, I mean, it almost reads like a stage play, even, uh, the fact that I could easily put this on a stage, uh, just because of how much it's really about the pacing of the characters and what they bring to the table and the timing that they bring and like that tension and all that. And I, when I was talking with Chris, one of the big things that we had was that like I want shots that we have set up to where uh, we let the character really um, pull in like the audience to where if they feel uncomfortable, I don't want to cut away. Uh, I want a shot that kind of forces them to not digest everything going on around them and only digest what we are choosing to put in front of them to where I want the audience to kind of feel uncomfortable. I want them to kind of pull away. Um, and and doing so, I want them to inhabit the space that the characters are inhabiting. And actually, I want to jump back to uh, Janelle and Chandra. So uh, David mentioned how, you know, he, as director, like you only had like one table read or so. <laughs> but did you two get to do rehearsals or with with your third actor Matthew did you did you get to rehearse a bit just amongst yourselves did you or you just read it and say I know what to do I'll wait till I get there so one of the nice things going into this is that all three of us were at the same acting studio so we all have the same process of how we work Um, so we were able to trust that with the limited amount of time that we had which was truly limited I think from the time that we got David on board we were shooting within two weeks. Um, and that was based on schedule availability and everything. Things just aligned and worked out. Um, but being able to trust the other actors that they would do the work and come to set prepared, knowing their lines, knowing what they needed to do, knowing that David was going to talk to each of us individually. We had the table read. And then the night before we were shooting, we had, I think it was one, two, maybe three hour rehearsal to go over the blocking and just be in the space a little bit. Um, And then we were shooting for two days. So it was definitely um, a jam packed two weeks um, trying to do production. And like David said, our original location got flooded out from rain. So we had to switch that around and figure out what we could do. Um, But... Yes, it definitely was. Um, So I don't know for Janelle and Matt specifically, but for myself, I did a lot of my own work on on the character and and just going through my own process to make sure that it was 
as solid as I could be um, before we got to being on set. Janelle, what was it like for you? It, well, yeah, I think that we both have been uh, in a certain way of working uh, to be able to try to be ready to roll with whatever you can try to find the magic if you can. But what was so interesting for me and, and I mean, David was very, very kind with all of this. Part of the education for me here was just to have time on set. I'm not at all uh, schooled in film. So there was a lot of like, okay, Janelle, that's an apple box and <laughs> this kind of stuff. So there was that whole education that was happening at the same time. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, one of the, most eye-opening things for me was that, yeah, you come with whatever you could possibly pull together in, in your own prep, but that, wow, you are in other people's hands the moment you step onto that set. There are so many links in the chain, and any one of them can snap at any moment, and, you know, you can bring whatever is right for what you think it's is in the right moment, but you don't have Chris Bond behind the camera, it's not going to look the same and all of these things. So, and just realizing that sound, I mean, I'm, I, I have a passion for sound and uh, realizing that that is something that, again, somebody else's hands, when you're on stage, it's a little bit more that you can take ownership of and deliver. Um, but when you're on set, oh boy, it's, you're in some, it's such a collaborative art and, uh, Chandra, of course, pulled together, as she does, uh, a stellar team. And the eye-opening thing, so many eye-opening things about this, but really just that the story is actually being told by somebody else when you're on set. And it's the camera. And being able to just surrender to that <laughs> is, um, was, and, and knowing that you're in good hands with a good team makes all the difference, too. I, was I very can't help but react that this is a, a question I get asked from friends who have nothing to do with filmmaking is often what, what, what do people ask? They ask, what does a producer do? Right. Cause <laughs> the public, we have this vision of the directors. We know what the actors are doing. We all picture the writers, some, you know, Svengali typing on a keyboard in the dark and everyone, you know, has seen Spielberg, you know, pointing at nowhere for a fake photo, but but everyone's like, what does a producer do? And like, this is like the perfect example of what a producer does, right? Um, so for people that are listening and that don't know, there are actually many different types of producers. Um, however, at the indie level, um, especially at, at where we were at, um, you're lucky if you have one or two and you really have to wear all the hats. So you help procure financing, you help get people attached, you help with casting, you help find locations. Um, you know, we had such a minimal crew, um, based on our budget. You know, if I, if we had an unlimited budget, it would, you know, we'd have people for everything, but you know, when it comes down to this, and I'm sure many indie filmmakers can attest to you put on as many hats as you have to, to get it done. So if you're helping with catering, if you're helping with art, whatever it is. Um, and that's also a, a testament to how invested everybody is. I think pretty much everybody on our team was wearing multiple hats because we want to make a good product and we want to make something that we're proud of. Um, so we do what we need to do. But so I, I helped get David on board and, you know, attached Matt and Janelle and finding the location. We were very 
blessed also one of our good friends, Will Schoenfeld, who's also the editor for our film. He was the third roommate for the house we were shooting in. So he let us shoot there. Um, he also helped on set the day of. He was our DIT tech the day of. Um, and it was actually really nice because his editing studio is at their house. So we were able to just hand off hard drives and cards to him on the day and be able to go look at some things if we needed to. Um, and it was just, it was extremely collaborative. It was great. And then once the shooting's done as a producer, you're also left managing the post-production. So managing sound and jacket cover design and, um, wrangling directors who are now working on other projects and trying to manage meetings and getting the edit locked and submitting to film festivals. And it's really just a, a carousel of everything that is involved in getting the film out and done and viewed to people. Um, so it is a lot um, as a producer for anybody that's listening, if you're thinking about going into it, you're attached to a project for a long time. Um, so make sure that you like the project. Um, mm -hmm. This one was really easy because it was so collaborative. And we, I, I believe Aaron and Janelle and even David mentioned it. We all had moments on set where we realized we had something special. It, it, I think Aaron said it for his writing. It was like lightning in a bottle. Everything was just lining up and it was just a really... It was just a really fun project to do with everybody. And, and it feels like you all knew besides it was something like it, it was, everyone knew you were doing something good. And, and I assume uh, the editing process was fun, by the way, what an amazing story. This is pretty inside baseball, but amazing to shoot in the editor's home. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever heard of that before. <laughs> The writer, no, we were very lucky. Uh, the writer, writer and editor's home. Yeah. And my tools were in the garage. So it wasn't. Oh, see, you didn't make that clear before. So I, I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't, right. So my you were home. one of the three who lived there. Yeah. Yeah. And the original uh, writer uh, who did the, the first draft uh, is was the third roommate. And, and Will Schoenfeld uh, was the you know editor and DIT. I mean, it was it was. I think he, he, in his socks was walking stuff back, you know, to, to upload and we're getting, you know, which is not unheard of in, in like the lifetime and, and Hallmark world where my, my grip truck usually exists. And, uh, I grip a lot and it's, it's not uncommon to have your DIT doing a rough assembly right there, right then. And, you know, everyone walk over and have that luxury, especially in the digital age. Uh, but, and Will being the final editor, not just the DIT, he he actually was, you know, right there when I was writing it. I think he probably had first eyes on one of the first drafts. Um, so you, you, other than myself, probably a better concept of what the story was going to be overall. Uh, Will was very also, intuitive. Sorry. I was just going to say, no, Will no, was also our... Our graphic designer, he designed our poster. Which looks great. And I, I also want to throw a little nod yeah. to the rain. The rain sounds like the rain <laughs> letting out your first location got you a better spot. Totally. Yeah. As well yeah. as it like yeah. itself to a lot of those shots, like even at the car and all that, to where like it kind of sets up the kind of 
atmosphere of the overall piece too. So, um, yeah, and not to not, go not, back to like not, uh, a little bit of the acting. Sorry, Aaron. No, no, that's all right. I, um, I was just going to laugh about the rain. It wasn't a downpour. So we were able to just have a pop up and casually, you know, walk around or whatever, but it was just enough of a drizzle to hit the window and you knew it was raining. <laughs> So it was it designed that way. It wasn't, you know, <laughs> it was designed that way. Yeah. I got a rain machine, you know, right. everything worked out. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's where the budget went. <laughs> yeah, the uh, neighbors didn't park in that spot. It was perfect. But, um, I mean, going back to, like, uh, I was very thankful in the fact that the talent involved, like, the actors, um, because they were all theater and they knew how vital, like, preparation was, yeah. Uh, to see what they brought to the table was amazing. But I think when I was coming on, um, my biggest concern, as Chandra said, is that like, yeah, they had already this kind of community vibe. So my biggest thing is, I think it's so vital to understand that the language that everyone speaks, um, especially from theater and film world, and really the common language is like storytelling and discovery. And so that's, really what I enjoyed, like working with them. Um, for me, it was much more about like uh, getting to know the actor more than anything. So that way you can kind of bridge the gap um, of understanding from their background, whether it's their motivations, how even they process like A to B. Um, like, how do they think? Like, I love playing like board games sometimes with actors just to understand like how they think. Um, like what what motivates them at times. So that way, when you're on set and exploring a character with them, uh, you can actually then understand how they as an individual will process it and then translate that to the character. Uh, and it's so much easier to, because once you understand that language and you communicate on the same language, um, you can then apply that uh, accordingly. Because if you're just coming in, not knowing who your actor is, um, you're never going to be able to discover who your character is in the long run. Uh, and so that was, um, I think, pretty vital going into it because we had such little time. It's like, okay, what are the meat? Um, what's the meat on the bone? And really just like, okay, forming that um, verbiage, that um, language of discovery, and then applying that to the character. And then on the day, it's a lot easier to discover the nuances, um, to discover those moments like Janelle, who is um, uh, much more used to the theater and very expressive, extremely expressive. But yet, we kind of like, there's a lot of times where I was like, okay, dial it back. But yet, um, it got to a I point. I wish people could have like, seen Janelle on Zoom. She just did the dial it back hands before you said those. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was like, but uh, exactly. And like, but yet, um, going back. See, when Aaron said as far as like Chris looking towards Aaron, the fact that that was when a moment where Janelle was just kind of making eye contact and there were so many layers of expression just in her eyes because she always like that's where her mind is at. She wants to be able to um, inhabit like the world of that character and what the character is thinking and express that to the audience. Um, and because she has that in her mind um, and I keep telling her like dial it back physically, dial it back physically, you still actually see it in the eyes because she knows it's so critical in being able to convey what those motivations, what the intention is of the character at that given point. Uh, and so there's like, you see little spatial tics, nuances. Um, I mean, one of my biggest things was like, there's that one shot where 
um, Chris was going to be following up with her and like coming down with her. I was like, no, let her leave, like, like let her come into the shot. Um, because it was the eyes that once she came in and locked eyes with Matt, um, right. there was yeah. terror. <laughs> there's sheer terror. And like, I wanted that audience to like go, this is not someone we met before, um, in this short. To where like you get this bubbly personality and like there to comfort them and to try to guide them. And then all of a sudden that reveal coming down into that shot is like, this is a different person. Um, and it was so like chilling. Yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, I think Chris since he's not here to speak for him. So he her. Janelle coming down into that frame, there were, there were three or four other variations of that, all very chilling, like one after the other. This is an actress that was able to, it was like some switch flipped. Uh, and I don't know her process, but it would, there was a very, like, oh, this is what you guys do in front of the camera moment where it was like, she was clearly having fun with it. And, and also the character was, was having fun with it. Uh, as well, which is terrifying on a whole nother level. But uh, I think we had a little pizza box bounced and that wasn't sending much light back at all. Just a little wrap around on the side of, of uh, Matt's face. And so when Janelle comes into frame, it almost makes her pupils look metallic and it's so cold because you go from this woman who's very warm and, and a little gushy and, and not severe at all, except in one one shot. And she's got her red on, which I thought was nice because it's it's not a subdued color. It's you know the palette that Chris and and the team everyone was working with. I think it was incidental. Uh, she she leans into that frame and is almost like a cyborg, like just a very cold like. I don't care about any of this. I don't care about what just happened to you. I don't care about how terrified you are right now. Just don't do what you're thinking. And that, that turn <laughs> I think is, is what audiences can't help but respond to that. And the logic yeah. of it, like as a writer, I commend you because the, the internal logic of her character's decision to choose that moment for that action it makes perfect sense. I don't know why why hired assassins don't always do that. Right. You, to you act within the shock. the person who the hired moment. you. I was so terrified. I, I, yeah, she, you know, she picks a little off and puts it in a bag. But I was so terrified that, uh, that people would ra- try and look for rationalization. And, and my, my, my roommate writer was just like, hang on. <laughs> How are you going to sell this? Uh, because he had the same worry as a writer, like how is anyone going to believe that shock is going to take a person into fear and not have a fight or flight, you know, a reaction. To and, that point, I mean, like with that, like, uh, because yeah, Matt, like, I mean, that was a big thing was that like, all right. And blocking was so critical to, turn that from a um like just blowhard of an individual um and uh just wants his way and all that and like all of a sudden like make him vulnerable uh and having to block to where like he like 
comes off of the couch and like to where it's like, all right, I need him as vulnerable as possible. Uh, and to Matt's credit, it's like that transition uh, was phenomenal on his part, as well as the fact that here we are shooting multiple angles. Uh, and he's because it going back to like when him and I were talking about like understanding where he's coming from and like what motivates him, we're able to make those connections to where he can connect himself as an actor to his character. And once we started rolling, he could just turn it on where it came to like where he would break down sobbing uh, to where like Kaylin, the um, strip supervisor, who I often consider like the, my first audience member, because um, they're the ones who are like really there with me next as a director uh, and feeling how they respond to it. And Kaylin like hits me like hard, like at some point during the scene, <laughs> while just Matt is just bawling and like pouring his soul out. She's like, and she's like, what on earth did you do to him? Uh, and, I was like, and it's like, no, this is, this is, this is Matt. This is Matt like um, who tapped into that uh, and was able to tap into that. And I realized as a director, like there's some level of sadism that you have to like kind of. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to yeah. call BS. You're, you're going you're gonna to shirk that off. I don't know. That's Matt. Yeah. <laughs> you dug around in his brain. <laughs> what a fork. Well, he David. Him, like you got him there. David did dig around in all of our brains. I, I remember just the hour conversation and I have to apologize to Janelle. I don't know if she ever knew this, but because I was also producing and set designing, um, David and I would go on runs to go find set pieces and things like that. So we had a little bit of extra time to talk about acting stuff. <laughs> um, well, actually that was really the only time, like is when we were doing those runs, that oh, was our like in the, process of like props and like uh it's like 15 at, minutes like, here show. it's like like yeah like all those like little things and whatnot was us talking in the car and in the coals and yeah sorry oh uh, no that's fine but um but he really did he what i liked about david directing this piece was that i think with someone else they would have stayed on the surface level for a lot of the script, but David, with a lot of the questions he asked character wise, um, he got a lot deeper with it. And clearly he did that with Aaron. And I know he did that with Chris as well. And I'm sure he had a deeper conversation with Will, our editor, but he really did dig really far beneath the surface to really help us, at least for me to think about, some other things that maybe another director wouldn't have seen. Um, and it just, it, it did, it got really deep and it was an exhausting, an exhausting first day of shooting because it, it was an emotional day for a lot of us. And in a way I was kind of glad, sorry for the spoiler that I got killed because the second day I was able to just kind of be there on set <laughs> and help manage things. But um, so it's just, you know, you know, a lot of kudos to David. Well, I think the depth is is the thing here for me as 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 the audience member who has the pom poms and is a cheerleader for the film is that. Uh, I think every character's reactions and every character's motivations and 
every everything I see on screen, I think also rings true at a deeper level. I think that uh, I think that odds are you would actually not not just like take things casually if you were if you were the person in that situation <laughs> next to the person who's dead. I I just think it all works. It all makes sense. I mean, and honestly, is like, life is I about haven't processing. bothered to say this yet, but I think you know. And in, you know, the assassin thing gets beaten to death, I think, by Hollywood. And and we get a share of indie films every year submitted to the festival that's, you know, about an assassin in training. And, oh, what do you know? They got to turn against their, their teacher. Blah, blah, blah. You like, you know, the story we've seen a thousand times. And this is a story I've never seen before. And it also seems the most true to me. And I felt it's because of what everyone brought to it. There was so much honest humanity in the script and the way that the words were written. I think that that's what Chandra and I both really resonated with. When we read it, it felt very honest and human. And, you know, the scenario that we put ourselves in for any story can be on Mars or it can be um, in a therapist's office. It can be in a grocery store. But the honesty and the humanity of the exchanges and the interpersonal exchanges were nicely captured in the script. Um, when we first reached out to, uh, to try to find a script, I said, yeah, great, Chandra, let's start working on this. Um, and then so Chandra reaches out to her very, very well-organized Rolodex and, uh, finds Aaron Bennett, of course, dear friend, and, uh, asks for a script. It's interesting because he came back with it really quickly and it was just kind of a rough draft. It didn't even have a cover page. It was just a, Hey, here's an idea. Is this what you might want to work on? And I read it very, very start to finish, which even for me is, is even in a short film, actually kind of unusual. I, or a short script, I tend to read very slowly, but I read all the way through it and loved it, of course, and then flipped to the front. Wait, who wrote this? And there was oh, no the name on it because writer, there was no cover page. <laughs> it was just kind of a rough draft of an idea that maybe, hey, Chandra, would you and your friend like to work on this? Um, and so it, of course, became something that was really the backbone for for a story that felt human. And and I got a, a target a question right to you, Janelle, which is. Uh, how uh, I, I think in the sexist world of Hollywood and storytelling, I mean, are you ever going to get a chance to commit murder on screen again? I mean, it, <laughs> how women get cheated out of murder, I think, in the industry. <laughs> Aaron's doing the fingers crossed. Um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what's so awesome about the script, too, is that it actually addresses that head on and says, oh, yeah, they never expect a woman. And uh, my then 82-year-old mother said to me after seeing the film, this is about women's issues, isn't it? (laughs) And I said, you know what, Mom, you're right. It is a very accomplished woman that she is and has, you know, seen every glass ceiling out there. Um, And uh, and, uh, is not someone who would otherwise watch a thriller, but, but saw this as a woman's issue, kind of. A script in and of itself still. So I, again, credit Aaron for choosing to tell the story that way. It's a truly feminist story at, at its core in that it, it shows a woman as strong and determined and professional as a professional can be mm-hmm. and doesn't, doesn't 
you know, you as you said, she addresses that no one expects her, but but you know, it doesn't it doesn't hit us over the head with with uh, anything political, but it certainly shows us an example that that is a counterpoint to the way you know assassins well, are really always only, played. Not only Janelle's character, but also Chandra's character, as far as like being in a relationship that is um, may not be physically abusive, but mentally abusive, and like also being strong enough to want there to be an understanding between the two of them, um, and wanting things to work out while at the same time being still like uh determined and assertive enough to know that like look like this is where i come from and the fact that like this is why they're meeting to where um i love the idea is like when they were outside of like having them on like different levels and that they can come up and like bring her up to him and whatnot and show that there's like that equal um the equality that they have between each other but at the same time once they're on the couch, then to feel uh, that you have like the husband getting just more and more threatening. Um, and that's what like then all of a sudden, like that's when things change. Uh, and you have like that flip point um, as now the other woman is now just had her head bashed in. So, uh, but yeah, like you have two very strong female characters. And uh, it's, yeah, uh, I think like there is for you to say it's an assassin like that there's assassins sometimes like when you said that i was like oh yeah you're right there is an assassin um i sometimes forget the fact it's like because of how many layers are um when it comes to whether it be women issues whether it be just kind of personal like i mean this day and age for uh um ageism when it comes to like millennials having to struggle when it comes to relationships and even when it comes to the nuance of Aaron saying it's like, oh, it is about money. Because often things are. That's what makes things so stressful in life. Um, it boils down to things that are so tangible, but yet intangible um, that seem to matter to us. And he got so obsessed by just that one thing. And that's what winds up turning his entire world on its head when he forgot. Like, and that's what sends him into shock. Is like, who did I just lose because I was so sh- selfish? Um, and it was the, especially the assassin to remind him of like, this is you, everything that you've done in your entire life, all that ego and all that has always been you. You aren't the one who's always, you aren't the victim here. So like, this is on you. Uh, and so that's like to then watch that transition and his form of understanding more than anything is what breaks him down. And that's what we kind of end the short with. Absolutely. All right. So moving forward, I imagine uh, Chandra's Rolodex has been mentioned. So it's not like, <laughs> yeah. not like you put the team together to do another one, although odds are you all would, but I'm also curious if there's any temptation on, on Aaron's behalf or anyone's behalf of, of doing something else with this character. So we have oh, yeah. discussed in the past, um, I think well, very briefly, we talked, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. very briefly we discussed uh, stage play, but more than that, we did discuss turning it into a feature. Um, I think at one point we even talked about uh, a short series instead of a feature, but um, we've left that mm. in Aaron's hands. Maybe. He created such a good world with all of that, that, um, we just 
I left that up to him. So if, if he ever decides to make it into a feature, that would be fun. Um, but if not, we have a really solid short film from it. You know, I, I admittedly can't remember Janelle's character name, but, uh, Megan. sorry, Megan, 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 there you go. Awesome. Probably not her just, real name. We just stole the name, but <laughs> no, exactly. not a real name. We <laughs> don't know a real name. But uh, I could I could watch I two could, years ahead of our time. You know, I thought Killing Eve was was fun at first, but then kind of like petered out, sadly. But I, I could I could watch a TV series based on this uh, Megan character. Mm. For sure, I've got it mapped out. Especially when every which every episode it actually isn't Megan. It's like it's a different name. It's still her, but like just different incarnations of it. For sure, yeah, she's not using a real name. No. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people don't pick up or talk about, at least I haven't heard it mentioned yet in our in our setting here, but uh, she says we and makes the illusion that that she doesn't just operate on her own. Uh, so, you know, we'll be watching or uh, is in there. And I don't know if it was just too subtle or if in the moment meshed between everything else that's happening to this you know, this guy. I almost say poor guy, but no, what the hell with him. He, he facilitated this. He put this in motion. Um, I, I came up with a backstory for all that. I thought, it, but it would have taken another location, um, and it would have been for really just nothing but a, a quick flashback. So just, uh, I just wanted to see if if I could rise to the challenge of keeping all of this interesting and all of this in one room, and and be able to actually look and shoot 360. And uh, one thing we haven't mentioned yet is is Janelle is also an accomplished singer. And uh, the the lyrics and the the humming that you hear at the end, it, uh, in case anybody didn't really pick up on it, is is more of of her just it, it was more ADR of of her uh, just doing nursery rhyme. Uh, with, yeah, I with still Megan. remember when we like we wrapped, um, yeah. and it was like a, it was a picture wrap. But I said, no, hold on. It's like let's just I just want to record as our last thing that we do, and just Janelle just like humming and going through, just kind Perfect of for the scroll. Like, very unsettling. Kind of yeah. Oh yeah. Very unsettling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm loading up gear. <laughs> Man, it's to time. answer to answer one of your questions, we haven't done anything else with good counsel. Um, we're gonna see what Aaron wants to do, but a lot of us have collaborated on other projects since then. Uh, short films, other things. We we all have stayed in contact and pull each other on when we can. Um, so it is a nice community. So. Yeah, when you have an awesome team. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. All right. Well, yeah, I never uh, never pursued equity on it, and uh, and uh, only ever did an outline summary. Uh, two page and then a, a short pitch for it. We actually did well at a screen craft comedy uh, or a screen craft pitch uh, competition with, uh, I think we made it to one, one or two rounds before we got, before we looked out to some room. But yeah, I, I have an intention of doing a, a feature or a world expansion uh, based on it and kind of a cool misery kind of thing. I think it's such baseball. a great cohesive story as is that it, for me, it was one of those like, no, just like this is, it's lightning in the bottle. Like this is what you have. It's, it has a great beginning, great end. Um, if anything, going more episodic, uh, 
I would see that character much more as a catalyst to other stories um, as to where she is the transitional point from like when she, when you lose someone, when you kill someone, that's often a transitional point. And that would be one of those things where I, each episode, it's like another story of someone else's story that she is now a part of, um, that she's brought into and is that the, some defining like catalyst that happens. Um, but it's on them that brings her there in the first place. Yeah. Now the good thing about Megan is if you really want to blame her and say she's a murderer, it's like really, she's just a bullet, you know? Right. Like, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't blame the bullet. You should probably blame the person in the gun. You know? Let's, yeah. Oh, you're, you're sending me down a libertarian uh, uh, tunnel in my head. Where, hey, you know what? Assassins should actually be exempt from murder charges because it really is the person who hires them. Right? I mean, you can't, you can't blame the assassin. They're just doing a job. They're just you know? doing what they do, man. Legalize it and tax their income. That's what I say. <laughs> I will, uh, before before I go on the spiel of how people can watch the TV series and check out the film festivals and all that, uh, I've got all four of you. Do you want to take turns sharing how people can either follow your social media or if you got a website you want to call attention to? Sure. Uh, so for anybody that's interested, uh, I do have to do some updates, but ChandraBond.com is my acting site. And then if you are so inclined, you can follow me at Chandra.Bond on Instagram. Uh, call Chandra. <laughs> Chandra can, yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah. I'm Megan's facilitator. So if you need her, just uh, give me a ring. Yeah, there yeah. we go. <laughs> Make her an offer she can't refuse. Excellent. I was trying to type and, and my eyesight's so bad. I, I have nothing but typos. So, uh, and gentlemen, any, any uh, websites for you? Or social media? For me, I'm you actually such a transient individual. Do I work so many different jobs? I've been meaning to actually get like a website up for especially my like directing and storytelling and everything else that I do. But uh, no, actually, I mean, like ultimately, my name is David Levine. Uh, I mean, there are several of me out there in on IMDb. Uh, there's a lot of David Levines, but uh, David J. Levine. Uh, yeah, I mean, ultimately, um, uh, also go by shoot at uh, shooting on the DL on Instagram as well. Um, shooting on the DL. Um, yep. I like that. That's a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, uh, so, Aaron, did we? Uh... Yeah, I, I was. Uh, uh, my uh, Instagram is uh, Aaron writes stuff. <laughs> Two A's, R-O-N. Uh, the, uh, but I'm represented by heroes and villains, uh, Kristen Devon over at heroes and villains. So that's a good way to find me, track me down. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you all so much. I will thank now, uh, ramble off the stuff I'm supposed to do at the end. First and foremost, people should watch the film, uh, watch it on discover indie film, which is a TV series on Amazon prime devoted to films handpicked from the festival circuit just like yours just wonderful films so don't watch movies actually on a phone if you can avoid it i know that's a generational issue but i'm quite old so 
So as someone in his 50s, I really don't want people to watch your film on a phone. So find a nice big TV. Doesn't have to be 4K. Pretty good audio system, nice. honestly. There's a lot of nuance to the audio. Yes, like, oh, the yeah. Mason Sun. There's a <laughs> lot like to see. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot. It's 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 so well shot and it's so well made. So find yourself a big ass TV that has the Prime Video app, whether it's on a on a smart TV or whatever. Open up Prime Video and type in Discover Indie Film. And if you go to season seven, Good Counsel's right in episode one. And I'll add, yes, we used to be included with Prime for free, but. Uh, our viewership got too large and Prime kicked us to uh, having to charge people because they that's a better business model for Amazon and can't complain it's their servers, right? So for $7.99 or 99 cents an episode, but for $7.99, you get to watch like 25 indie films handpicked from the festival circuit where like people made the films for the right reasons. Like Good Counsel didn't happen because someone sat down and said, how can we most uh, take advantage of the IP we already owe. No, you made a great film because you wanted to make a great film. So that's that describes all these films in Discovery Indie Film. So if you're listening, please watch it. And hey, if you want to be extra cool, watch it and then give it a five-star review because Amazon doesn't let you get five-star reviews unless you actually buy the series. Uh, no more fake reviews on Amazon, people. And I'll finish up by saying... If you want to learn more about the podcast or the TV series it gave birth to, go to discoverindiefilm.com or it's at DIF Wins on social media. I mentioned how Good Counsel played at the Sherman Oaks Film Festival in the COVID year of 2020, but still took home uh, a grand jury prize for Best Actress in a Supporting Role for Janelle Jones. So if you want to learn more about that festival we hold every November, Go to ShermanOaksFF.com and it's at ShermanOaksFF on social media. And there's a sister festival every June called Film Invasion Los Angeles. And you can learn more if you go to FilmInvasionLA.com and it's at FilmInvasionLA on social media. And here's a funny one. And I, I'm curious to see what the four of you, I'm going to watch your faces very closely as I say this. Because I have no respect for my personal time, I started another goddamn thing. And it's called... <laughs> Editor's note, every time I say hi TV, I should have actually said TV high. The service has been rebranded. It is called TV high, as in watchtvhigh.com, T-V-H-I. And you can learn more about it on social media if you go to at watchtvhigh. And that's always T-V-H-I. Back to the podcast. It's a smart TV app and or you could call it a streaming service but it's an app you install on any smart tv system it's actually already on roku tv amazon fire uh android tv apple tv and it's actually yeah on the phones on android and, and iphone and high tv is content indie content curated to be best watched high uh if you live somewhere where marijuana is legal and uh <laughs> If you go to watchhighTV.com, you you subscribe for four twenty per month, four dollars and twenty five. So, so uh, awesome. and thank you, Aaron. That's 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 why we chose four twenty. Yeah, the app brilliant. stores it's four ninety nine because they don't allow you to customize a cool oh, dollar amount like four twenty. What a shame. So, what a anyway, lost opportunity. Trying to 
So anyway, I mentioned high TV at the end of every podcast now because it's actually live. We've got now. There's only 35 films up so far, but I'm hope once we hit 100, we're going to announce it. It's like a soft, soft launch right now. Soft, but yeah. But uh, there's really good shit on there, and uh, and I live. We all live in California, so we all are. We can legally enjoy THC at the end of the day if you want. I do always urge everyone, I have dear friends in recovery, don't abuse drugs, but if you can use marijuana responsibly, high TV is there for you. All right. Love enjoying great cinema. Uh, yes. Wait, what did you just say? There's so much popcorn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And of course, while we're enjoying good cinema. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Best of both worlds. That's what I say. That's how High TV was born, is that there were so many great films at the festival that that would be even better high. We held a, at the same theater, we hold the the festival. Of course, we weren't in the theater in November 2020, but we held a THC cinema night on April 20th on 420. And, I mean, that's uh, like every festival that's half the audience's eye. Um, right? And, and I had a great time while losing money. I'm like, yeah, people don't want to leave home for that. So... We came up with the streaming service, so. Perfect. Anyway. All right. The last two minutes of your podcast were devoted to the silly side project of mine that hopefully will uh, will work for the dear audience. All right. Well, thank you all. Should, should I thank name you. everyone? Thank you. Chandra Bond, Janelle Jones, Aaron Bennett, David Levine. You all made a wonderful film together. Greatly appreciate you taking the time to chat. Thank, and thank you all for having your film be part of the Discovery film. It's, it's, it's an you know, it's a it's an honor. I, I I'm very proud of the series that's on Prime Video, and you know it's all great stuff. And very happy to have good counsel in there. Thank you for thank having you so us. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for the recognition, and thank you for seeing uh, uh, our 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 Megan uh, giving her the award for best supporting actress. Yeah. Thanks for supporting indie film and small projects. I think that it's so under-acknowledged and there's great creativity out there and probably not nearly as many as we could hope for people like yourself to be able to give platforms for smaller projects. Thank you. I Thank you. Yeah, I greatly you. appreciate that. And, and I'll close by saying thank you, everyone, for listening. Yeah.